What's up, everybody? My name is Josh Biddick, and I am a Kind of Funny best friend. Kind of Funny has currently postponed their up-and-comer opportunity, but we still have some amazing best friends making content that I think you should know about. The up-and-comer opportunity is where you best friends get to vote on someone in the community you think deserves a shot to work with the Kind of Funny crew for one week and gain a wealth of experience. We have an amazingly talented community with a ton of people campaigning to be this year's up-and-comer. I wanted to sit down with them and get to know them a bit better and share their stories. That way you feel more comfortable when making your vote for the next up-and-comer. Right now, I am sitting down with one such best friend who is quite an expert in the podcasting space. You may know him as the host of the Games Are Fun podcast, a man with a beautiful voice that could soothe even the angriest person into a nice, relaxed, subtle, understanding <laughs> moment. I am talking, of course, the one and only Luke Armstrong. Luke, how the hell you doing? Wow, Josh. Thank you so much for, for that incredible intro. I don't know if I'm an expert when it comes to, to podcasting, but I appreciate the, the compliments. Um, yeah, great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, of course, man. And I, I think... I, I think as we as we do this podcast, we will learn and everyone will see how how uh, great you are at podcasting. Because one thing I do want to talk about, and we'll get there a little <laughs> bit later, is is episode 100 of the Games Are Fun podcast. Episode 100 is nothing to shake a stick at, yeah. but we will get there. Uh, Luke, if anyone hasn't heard your fantastic podcast, could you give us a quick pitch on yourself? Yeah, so yeah, I'm Luke, Luke Armstrong. I have a podcast called Games Are Fun. It's a weekly video game podcast uh that talks about video game news reviews on recent game releases and all the trending industry topics some just basically general video game discussion basically uh, back in may of 2018 i had this idea of I, I wanted to create some sort of content and for the longest time i had wanted to do my own podcast um and I just didn't know kind of what I wanted to do. And then, you know, I decided to take my passion of video games and, and pair that up with podcasting. And I went out, bought a microphone and just sat in my spare bedroom here and recorded a podcast completely by myself. And yeah, it started as this show where I basically just talked about what I wanted to talk about as it relates to the video game industry. So whether it was, you know, talking about a game I was playing, giving a review, giving opinions on and impressions on a, on a game, or if it was something that was happening in the industry, maybe from a business perspective or uh, choices developers were making or whatever, you know, I would just kind of record a show by myself and just share my thoughts on that. So it really didn't, I didn't have any sort of goal or objective with the show. It was just kind of like a, a creative outlet for me. And through doing that for a while, I was able to connect with some other kind of funny best friends, uh, Adam Beagle and Garrett Neely, who I actually met on the kind of funny subreddit. And they joined in on my podcast and um, yeah, have, have taken it, helped me take it to a place that I wouldn't have expected. So that that's basically what it is in a nutshell. Um, I'm, it's it's pretty generic in terms of the topics. You know, we're we're talking about the same things that all the other video game podcasts are talking about, but we're we're very laid back and we're just kind of here to to have fun and talk about video games. So that that's kind of my podcast. It's awesome, and I I love that. You, like you said, you just kind of did it. Was was there a big moment you remember where it was like, hey? this is the motivating factor to make this podcast. Cause I know a lot of people say they were listening to a show and they heard someone say, just do it. Or, or, you know, they had a friend say, Hey, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Did you have an experience similar to that? Yeah. I think the first time I experienced that is when uh, a friend from high school, somebody who I not not necessarily was best friends with, but we were, we were friends. We had some classes together. Um, he lives. So I'm from Edmonton, Alberta, Western Canada. And he had moved uh, to Quebec, Eastern Canada. Like we, we did not connect after high school. And this is, you know, at this point, five years after high school. Mm -hmm. And he just hit me up one day saying, hey, I found your podcast and I've been listening to the last couple episodes and I really enjoy it. And so that was the moment for me of just like that first realization that someone was actually listening to me. Because like I said, I didn't have any goal in mind when I was trying to to do this podcast. I just was wanting to talk about games to somebody and, and stop annoying my girlfriend about them. Right. So I, uh, <laughs> when I had that, that, that connection with him of saying, knowing that someone was listening to me, I was like, 
well, that's that's really cool that one person is taking time out of their day to listen <laughs> to me babble about about video games. And so, you know, I've I've gained um, other people that I know in 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 real life, <laughs> quote unquote. And then I've also, you know, people have reached out to me on on Twitter or on Reddit and and said that they listen to the show. And it's like, man, I didn't even like I don't I don't know you. I don't know you personally or anything like that. And so just the idea that someone was listening to me was so cool. And I think that's kind of my motivation to keep to keep going with it is like as long as there's one person listening to me, that's that's all I really need because that's that's more than I I expected. I, I think that's fantastic. It's one of those things and I've said it myself like if if what I'm doing helps affect someone positively, just just one person then mm-hmm. it has accomplished its goal. And it sounds like that's kind of what you're doing. So that's really admirable. Hats off to you. Earlier, you had mentioned that you met up with some best friends who eventually kind of started working with you on the podcast because you were doing it solo. Has Kind of Funny kind of been a big inspiration to you? Like what's your history with Kind of Funny? Yeah, so uh, starting with the history with Kind of Funny, I mean, I I actually am fairly new when it comes to Kind of Funny content. I've only been watching them and listening to them since 2018, okay. early 2018, I think. And I, I, I've like I've, I've been playing video games for a long time. I've been listening to video game podcasts. I knew of Beyond. I had listened to Beyond when, when Greg was at IGN. So I was always familiar with him. And I knew of Kind of Funny splitting from IGN. I, I had kind of followed that, but I didn't necessarily, you know, put any real effort into seeing what they were doing right because i i get that i liked video games but i didn't really you know make an effort into seeing the space of podcasts about video games and stuff and mm-hmm. so i would say around like 20 2017 2016 i started you know listening to ign podcasts and some other uh you know shows on on rooster teeth and stuff like that and something came up that reminded me about kind of funny. And I was like, Hey, I need to go see what, what they're doing over there. And I listened, I think the first piece of kind of funny content that I had listened to was just a, a daily episode of kind of funny games daily. And mm-hmm. I was instantly hooked. And yeah, now ever since that moment they're you know, like I'm sure a lot of the people you have on this show there, I consume their content pretty much on a, a daily basis now. And they're they're some of my favorite you know people to watch and, and listen to so that's kind of my my history with kind of funny i guess did you base your show at all around some of their content or was it just kind of stuff you'd wanted to talk about and what you were thinking you know i i would i would say that there is some inspiration for sure uh, especially on, on what they do on the game side of it i mean even episodes that i'm recording today are, are very influenced on, okay, I, this is what they're talking on. Kind of funny. I think that's an interesting topic. I kind of want mm-hmm. to talk about that on our show, maybe in a different way or whatever. And, but I would say at the very beginning of it and, and still to this day, I, I kind of want to focus on things that I think are interesting. You know, um, I, I try not to just regurgitate the same opinions or stories that you can hear on <laughs> I a gazillion that. other different podcasts. And I, I try to make make it more more unique in that way, but yeah, I, I like to. I think our podcast likes to focus on um, a lot of talking about a lot of indie games, games people haven't heard of. Uh, just talking about video games in in general and the medium of video games and how they there's a lot more to video games than just sitting down with a controller and pressing buttons and how that you can make a lot of connections through games. And I, I think those are kinds of the motivations I have and what I kind of try to focus the, my podcast around. I get that. I know from listening to the show that you, you do cover a lot of like the big headline stories. And I think that makes sense because that, that draws a lot of people yep. in, but I do like the fact that you do try to highlight all aspects of games to kind of hit you know, th- th- there are tons of different gamers from mobile gamers to casual gamers to just people who like to play Mario Party once in a while. And I think it's really cool that you do your mm. best to target everyone. Was that a big goal in mind was kind of hitting the segments you felt like weren't really targeted in quote unquote gaming podcasts? Yeah, I think so. I I definitely yeah, we definitely do focus on the big, like you said, big headlines because the, they're obviously the most relevant. And like you said, it's what 
what is probably going to get the clicks on the, on the episode or whatever. That's what people are following. But yeah, I, I do try my best to at least talk about, especially like every show we kind of end off of just kind of talking about what we've been playing. And, you know, this year has been different because there's been some big, big AAA games like right. Final Fantasy Remake and Last of Us Part Two and Ghost. So we've been talking about those bigger games, but, you know, that's uh, a segment that we, we try to focus on. Here's a game that you maybe haven't heard of and uh, here's why you should check it out and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I try to to go towards things that I feel aren't necessarily being talked about on the bigger podcast. But at the same time, you know, I'm very interested in, you know, sharing. It, it, I guess the best way for me to put it is people are coming to listen to games are fun, not necessarily to hear the news, right? They can go to IGN. They can listen to Kind of Funny Games Daily. They can go to all these other sources out there that will provide them with with the scoops. We're not here with the scoops. We're just here to to give our personal opinions on a topic, big or small, and hopefully our the p- perspectives that we share kind of give our listeners new perspectives. You know, uh, ho- we're hoping that whoever listens to us walks away with thinking, well, these guys brought up a great point about something that I hadn't heard on a podcast before. That's kind of our, our big objective, I would say. I think that's really cool. And I think you guys really succeed in it. Have you been able to use the podcast to kind of connect with some of these smaller developers and smaller games to not only be able to promote them, but also kind of get your hands on it so you're better able to talk about them? Yes, for sure. Um, if you're wondering how to get games to review, like codes and everything like that, all you really have to do is just spend a little time on the internet. And I, I highly recommend hitting up smaller developers because I'm a small pa- a podcast, right? I'm not expecting to get a review copy of Last of Us Part Two, right? That's just not going to happen. So looking at my scale of of my operation over here and how how big it is, I tried to hit up, you know, people like indie developers who have a game that may may be having a tough time to to get exposure for their game and stuff like that. So I always keep my eye eyes out for smaller games um, that are hitting Nintendo Switch or, or PlayStation or whatever, those small indie games. And I just shoot my shot. Like, honestly, a lot of the times I'll I'll try to find the publisher's website, um, press release, emails, whatever. And I'll just tell them, hey, I'm a small podcast. Um, this is kind of what we do on the podcast. We like to put an emphasis on smaller games, indie games, we would love to review, you know, your game to talk about on the show. And hopefully through doing that, we can get some people to go and check out your game. And I've been, you know, surprised. <laughs> I've surprised myself on on being successful uh, a couple of times for just, you know, just going for it. You know what I oh, mean? Sure. Like I, you, you won't know unless you you try. And if if you think that, oh, I, I'm not big enough. There, our, our listener base is too small. Or we're not getting enough views on youtube you know you don't know unless you you try and reach out and you'd be surprised on how many people are all like especially this generation there's so many indie games out there and it's it's hard for indie developers to have their game stand you know uh, above the rest and so any opportunity that they can find for someone to talk about their game you know they're they're going to take that um so yeah I, i i just recommend people just just try and go for it you know i think it's super cool it's it's one of those things like you said going for those smaller games those people who are making those games they're so passionate about like like the triple games are fantastic and and Mm -hmm. i super admire the people who work on those teams but if you think about it the indie people are the people who are really doing it because they have that passion for it right like realistically Mm -hmm. they're not going to make you know, they're not going to sell a million copies of their game. They're the people who really love it. So when someone like yourself reaches out and wants to highlight that, I'm sure it makes that person's day. And that, and that's kind of what the, the, the thought process I have behind it. And so, yeah, I mean, there's been lots of games that I have really wanted to try and, and I've tried my best to, to reach out. And, you know, there's a lot of, for every response I get, I, I sent 10 emails that never got response. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it it is hard to kind of, like, basically, I will say in doing doing this podcast, doing anything that I've done, like, 
I don't know really what I'm doing. You know, I'm figuring out <laughs> it out along the way. I'm seeing what other people are doing and I'm, I'm just taking my best, best stab at what I think, um, what I think will work. And sometimes it's successful and sometimes I'm not. <laughs> I get it. It can be, it can be hit or miss. And like you said, it's, it really is shooting mm-hmm. your shot. The worst thing that someone can say is either no, or like you said, not respond. So it doesn't hurt to write up an email. Yeah. The only thing it costs you is, is, I mean, I guess technically your time, which is very valuable, but still like you're doing it to not only better your podcast to pretend, but also to potentially mm-hmm. help someone else. And I think that's really cool. What do you think in your, in your professional and expert opinion, what do you think is the best console for indie gaming right now? I mean, it's gotta be the the Nintendo switch hands down because I, yeah, I agree. <laughs> I, yeah, like that is every, they had, they have a lot of indie exclusives and I, the portability of the switch is great. Um, it being a handheld console, you know, kind of provides a more intimate experience, which I mm-hmm. think pairs really nicely with smaller games or shorter games or, you know, those in smaller de- teams that um, have created smaller experiences, I think pair well with what the Switch is going for. So I think that's why you see so many indie games going to the Nintendo Switch. Um, so yeah, if I am asking for a code on an indie game that's available for all three platforms. It might perform much better on my Xbox One X or PS4 Pro, but I'm usually asking for it on the Switch so that, like I said, I can have a more intimate experience. I can sit on the couch, have it, you know, close up to my face and really, um, you know, get ingrained in whatever is happening in the the game. So you say hold it close up to your face. Does that mean that you play more handheld than you do docked? Absolutely, yeah. Like, I... I don't even know. I played a lot of Animal Crossing on the TV, mm-hmm. and that was probably the first game I played docked. I would say, like, I played all of Breath of the Wild in handheld. Uh, I didn't buy a pro controller until, like, just a little while ago. Like, uh, that's pretty much how I, I play the Switch. And it, I don't know why. I just, I think it's, yeah, well, yeah, it's, it's I guess the reasons why I explain. It's just, it's more yeah. intimate, and it can really help me really immerse myself in the game for sure i'm a huge handheld gamer like i loved playing the game boy color moving up through every game boy the ds of course Mm -hmm. psp and the vita shout out to those vita lives and i think Mm -hmm. you're right like there's something about playing a handheld game even even some remakes that have been ported to the handheld you're right it is that intimacy where you can take it anywhere it's always with you you can play it whenever you want Mm -hmm. to uh, for myself, when we went into quarantine and everything, I actually ponied up the money to get a Switch Lite uh, because my girlfriend, she had a Switch oh, nice. and I wanted to be able to play Animal Crossing with her. But for me, like whenever I was playing her Switch, I was always playing in handheld. And I think it's for a lot of the reasons you and I discussed. Mm-hmm. So it's really cool to hear there is someone else out there like me who primarily uses the Switch in handheld mode. <laughs> so Luke, one thing I kind of want, this is a little backpedaling. Uh, going back to getting codes and everything for some of these indie games, what do you think is the biggest uh, game you were able to review or get a code for? Hmm, that's a good question. Why, thank you. Um, <laughs> let me think here. I got to pull up like my... If I have my Switch on me, I could pull up my Switch. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, that's a, I don't know. I, I don't know about the biggest... Because a lot of them aren't, they're, they're very small and probably a lot of games that I, don't, I would say most people haven't heard of. But again, okay. that's kind of like my objective, right, is to, to right. reach no, out to sure. games that catch my eye either by the title or their um, icon picture on the Switch shop or on a website that I, I saw or whatever. And mm-hmm. uh, if I read a blurb and it sounds interesting to me, I'll, I'll try to find a trailer on YouTube, check that out. And if it passes all those tests, I'm like, okay, th- this is a game that I would like to experience. But yeah, I, that's kind of how I, how I go ab- about things. Um, I would say any of the larger games that more people would be familiar that I've, I've tried to get codes for, I, ha- I haven't been successful, but okay. you know, I still, I still put the attempt in there. <laughs> is there one that stands out to you as like, it doesn't even have to be the biggest one, but one that stand out to you that, that you got a code that made the biggest impression or that was the, the most fun to play. So there was this game that I got for uh, PlayStation 4 called Gravity Ghost. And I believe it's also on PC, but I think okay. it, uh, the only console it's on is PlayStation 4. And it came out 
uh i think on pc like a while ago if i'm not yeah like i think like five years ago or something like that but last year it launched on the ps4 so i i've signed up for lots of you know pr press release emails and i stumbled across that one read the little blurb of what gravity ghost is about and it's basically like this physics-based puzzle game and uh well you know what let me pull up some sort of synopsis here so i can explain to people uh in gravity ghost the player controls the ghost of a young girl named Iona who flies through a fantasized version of space with her friend, a ghost fox. As a living girl, Iona lives on a secluded island with her three sisters, her mother and father. The eldest sister, Hickory, becomes their guardian after the sudden death of their parents. The plot is revealed gradually through a series of animated cutscenes as uh, Iona s- seeks to mend a planet which has been torn apart and replaced by a black hole. So, damn. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it's. It sounds very deep for a game that is a physics-based puzzle game, right? Sure. So, that's what why it kind of stood out to me because it had this really heavy kind of narrative, while also being something simple like a puzzle game. Because when you think of puzzle games, you're you're not thinking of narrative sure. per se. You're you're more thinking of the puzzle mechanics or the gameplay mechanics surrounded around that. And so that one grabbed my eye, and I I gotta say it was. Um, I don't really want to spoil what it was about and stuff, but I, I do recommend it. It's a, a game that um, I I really enjoyed um, with my time with it, and it, it gave me a a lasting impression. And it, it's not a long game. I think it's only like like I I, I think I completed it in one sitting, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. But um, yeah, I, that that that's one that still still sticks out to me today. That's super cool, and I, I liked it. It's those small stories that not many people like often hear, but made such a big impact on you mm-hmm. that it's like I asked you the question super clear, and I just think that's really really cool. Yeah, I one of the the type of games I really gravitate towards is games with um, with a really strong narrative. You know, I think a lot of people when they think of narrative heavy games, they're thinking, you know, The Last of Us Part Two. I mean, that's hot on everybody's right. mind. But games that have these big, deep stories with these uh you know characters that are really well developed and have these big um big character arcs or whatever and those are still prominent in smaller experiences and i almost like them more because like i said they they're more intimate they're they're more bite-sized and there's something about just if a, a game and if there's an, a small indie game that can give a lasting impression on me because it had a good narrative. I mean, that it, to do that in say a two hour, three hours experience is more impressive to me than, you know, a, and, and this is not to understell big AAA studios <laughs> or anything, but like a, a 20 hour, you know, AAA game that hundreds of people worked on and all these creative minds came together. Like they're, they're I'm not underselling the, the work that those people did, but you know, there, there's so many games out there that were made by one person and they've created whole worlds and whole storylines and they've been able to communicate those through, like I said, just a very short experience. Those are like the kind of experiences that I really look for in video games. I think that's so cool. Like you said, there, there's so much different beasts. Like, of course, uh, like, a, a, like a Last of Us, mm-hmm. there's so many people, so much love and passion poured into that game and there's so much time put into it where you can really breathe with the game fall in love with the characters and of course with last of us 2 specifically you already know the characters there's already that emotional investment but like you said to be able to grip Mm -hmm. you and have such a nice tight story in three hours that is playable there's something special there especially when it's made by a much smaller team because they have to be more direct they have to be more concise with what they're doing and it often like you said it often creates those really big impactful moments so Luke, you obviously are well versed in games you you know what you're talking about you know what to look for What's your history with video games? Have you been playing since you were a kid or like did your dad introduce you or mom introduce you or anything like that? Yeah, so I, I've been pretty much into video games since I was like four or five-ish. My first console was a Nintendo 64 and I think I got that when I was five years old. Okay. And yeah, that was my kind of introduction to game. And I spent a lot of those early years like any younger sibling watching my older sister play Nintendo 64 and then um yeah moving into from that 
into the next generation, we, we got a PlayStation 2. And that's really where my love for video games took off. You know, whenever it was a birthday or Christmas, I was asking for whatever game I wanted. Um, if I got, you know, an allowance or something to spend on whatever I wanted, it would be a video game. And yeah, so like growing up, uh, if, if I talk about some of my favorite games of all time, because this is relevant for what's going on mm. uh, today, is uh, Tony Hawk oh. video games were like my <laughs> my childhood. For sure. Um, yes. I, right after this podcast, I, I can tell you that I am booting up that Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 Plus 2 demo, and I'm very excited. But Nice. Um, yeah, really like really like the Tony Hawk games. Um, that was like my bread and butter on the PS2. And then I I moved to a, a 360. I didn't go to PS3 mainly because my parents had bought me a 360. And when your parents buy you a console, that's what you you're just ecstatic that you've been given given a video game brand new video game console. Right. And, you're not gonna really uh, like slap the hand and be like, what are you talking you, about? I want a PlayStation 3. <laughs> a PlayStation 3, yeah, no. Um and then, yeah, I'm into this generation. Honestly, if I'm being honest, the this generation, so like PS4, Xbox One, I kind of fell out of video games in high school. I was really focused on, um, you know, just high school in general and uh, probably for and the best getting my license and doing, yes, doing all of that stuff. And I I kind of stopped playing games. And there was, uh, I, I honestly consider them like, is this the generation where I kind of like walk away from games and, and, you know, focus on other things. And I decided, no, I can't like, I just love games too much. And I'm really glad I didn't do that because that's this generation. I would say like, I just catapulted myself into the industry and was wanted to know everything, wanted to, to play all the big games, wanted to, to just immerse myself in in the medium of video games as much as I can. And that has really been my history, I guess, with games. And I will say that uh, looking back at it, um, you know, it, those earlier experiences from my childhood were what kind of encouraged me to keep playing games, you know, Mm -hmm. whether it was playing with my sister or watching my sister play uh, Final Fantasy games or, um, Zelda on, on the Nintendo 64 to getting Xbox Live. And then, you know, those are all little things that kind of helped me, uh, not help me, but just kind of made, encouraged me to to stick with games and see see how, how, how I can benefit from video games. That's cool. Do you, so getting back into this console generation, after taking a little break, do you have a game like was there a game that brought you back specifically or was it just your love of video games? I think it was just my love in video games in general because I made the poor choice <laughs> which I do have some regrets of I went with an Xbox 1. Mm-hmm. I didn't do it first. That's mainly because I, <laughs> I I I had a 360, right? I was in the Xbox Live ecosystem and I just didn't want to like give that up and and move over to PlayStation, like something that I haven't been a part of since PlayStation right. 2. So it was like, but then as many Xbox One owners learned in those first couple of years that uh, things were looking pretty good over on PlayStation 4. And so I, I eventually, you know, worked, um, I, I was working to save, save one up, but my, my family saw how much, how passionate I am about games and they, they bought me a PS4 and then, uh, yeah, that just, I think getting the PS4 and being for the first time in my life, owning, you know, multiple consoles from a generation, I was like, I I just, I had never experienced that feeling before. I felt like I had access to all the best games. And so I'm like, well, I need to take advantage of that and, uh, you know, play as many games as I can. Is there one that you kind of lead towards more right now? Like I know we talked about obviously the Nintendo Switch for all the uh, indie games, excuse me. But between like Xbox and PlayStation, do you tend to lean towards one or is it pretty split right down the middle? Oh, it's it's definitely leaning towards PlayStation 4 for, you know, the reasons that pretty much everyone else loves PS4. They have, 
great exclusives for sure um you know that that's a, a the type of game that i'm looking for are generally what ps4 exclusives are you know uh single player narrative games um mm-hmm. just look at their catalog it's like it, that that speaks to a lot of people right and and that yeah. so but i will say that when it comes to multiplayer games i am more i i, I usually go to xbox because i i do have more friends on xbox live just because i've had xbox live for like however many years now and so yeah that's kind of what i use that and i kind of just use my my nintendo switch for like i said indie games and those first party uh nintendo games and and that's about Mm it um and right now i haven't haven't really touched it because there's not a lot of first party nintendo games coming right now and not a lot going uh, on there so busy with yeah and there is there's there's a whole discussion around that for sure (laughs) so do you have a do you think you have a game of the generation i know i know that's a pretty big broad question but if you think like oh this is a game that defined ps4 is there something you've got in your back pocket to whip out well it's funny you you say that because we are planning to do on our episode 100 battling out for what we think are the top 15 games of the generation so i'll give you I, I mean, if you listen to any of my pod, podcasts recently, you would know that I'm a very big fan of The Last of Us Part Two, mm-hmm. and so I, I, it's pretty much a landslide victory for me with that game. <laughs> I would have to say that's easily the best, the best game I played um, for multiple reasons. But uh, yeah, I mean, you'll you'll just have to tune into that episode to hear to hear more about that. <laughs> that is a beautiful pitch on it and i was going to bring it up a little bit later but since you've done it now let's perfectly segue into it uh you are coming up on 100 episodes of the games are fun podcast what does that feel like i mean like that's nothing to shake a shit at like or shake a stick at not shake a shit at but both work i think very well here uh 100 episodes that's awesome like what what does that feel like to have been doing the show consistently for that long yeah i mean it's kind of mind-boggling because like I, like I said, I started the show of just recording my thoughts on games and now I'm doing crossing a, a milestone of technically we, we passed a hundred episodes a while ago, uh, with some of the review specials we've done, but the, in, if you're looking at numbered episodes, this is episode a hundred and yeah, I just, I can't believe I've honestly, that I've stuck with it for this long because there has been, you know, multiple times where I have felt like is anyone listening to me? What it, it like, why am I doing this? Is, is this work that I put into it worth it? Like, is anyone getting anything out of it? And I'm sure a lot of content creators have felt like that. I'm sure you have felt oh, like that course. at times. And, you know, it's, it's tough when you, you hit those moments. And what I always try to come back to when I feel like that is remembering why I did it this podcast in the first place um and i asked myself am i still having fun doing it and if the answer is yes then there's there's the reason to keep going i'm enjoying myself doing this podcast i obviously should continue that if i'm having fun if i answer if i ever answer no then that's when i really need to take a step back and 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 look at it more from an analytical perspective right and and see break things down and really really see if it is something that I want to continue doing so getting up on 100 episodes I have to say that I I'm also one of those people that you know I'll become really obsessed with something whether it's a game or a tv show or whatever and I'll I'll be really obsessed with it for like a month and then I'll just you know something else will catch my eye I'll drop that thing and move on to the next thing, mm-hmm. right? So totally I kind of expected me to to do this for a couple months and then I, I'd probably get tired of it. But, you know, it there it, it I, I got very far deep in before I kind of started asking. I Honestly, once I brought on uh, Adam, my co-host, that was like a resurgence for me of like, okay, now I have another person kind of depending on me to come every week and and do this episode. And what does that mean to him? What does this show mean to him? And um, it, it made me kind of make sure that I'm, I'm constantly thinking about the, those types of things and reflecting on what I'm getting out of doing this, 
this podcast and, and creating my own content. So yeah, that, that I guess that's my long answer to your question there. <laughs> that's a beautiful answer. Do you think, do you think there's a future where you're not podcasting? Like I, I know you said, if you answer the question, like you're not enjoying doing this anymore, you'd have to reevaluate. But does that mean not doing the podcast or does that mean like changing up how you do the podcast? Yeah, I think it would be changing up how I would be doing the podcast. Um, you know, I, because I didn't really have a plan for this when I started, there's been a lot of things that I have regrets about of like, oh, I could have done this differently. Um, I'm not doing the, I, I'm, I'm not doing this show as effectively as I could be or, you know, I haven't been smart with, I, with promoting it or, um, connecting with people online. Like there's lots of things like that, that I wish I would have done. And so, yeah, like I think it, I, I wouldn't necessarily, if, if there ever came a point with this show that I felt like I'm not having fun doing it anymore, I wouldn't quit podcasting. I, th I like podcasting. Um, I'm all about the the intimate moments, and I think podcasting uh, is more intimate than short form content, mm -hmm. um, or you know, doing YouTube videos. I, that's something that I've tried in the past that I just really haven't felt comfortable with, and this was something that I felt comfortable with. So I could totally see myself, even if it wasn't to do with video games, if it, it was some sort of other topic. Like I find this very therapeutic to do. Um, you know, it's a way of just. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about how you're feeling, right? Yeah. So I, I see, I see a lot of positives from podcasting. So I don't think I would completely walk away from that, uh, that uh, medium. I think what's really cool, and, and I don't know if a lot of people look at it this way. I know I tend to. I think podcasting is like an audio diary when you really think about it. And of course, it, it, it's different. You know what I mean? Like sometimes talking about games, or, or in my instance, when I'm interviewing people, I'm not necessarily talking about my life per se. But how you pointed out that mm -hmm. that intimacy of it, there is something special about mm -hmm. turning on a mic and just talking, whether it's with friends, strangers, uh, new acquaintances, that that conversation, that that going into something, sharing a connection with another person, sharing a connection with your co-host and, and even the listener, there's something you just don't really get that in other mediums. Like even in a movie, a movie is great and it's fantastic and it's engaging, but it's a story being told to you. It has a beginning and end. But in a podcast, you're it, it's free flowing. It's 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 almost like it's alive in a sense, right? Like you don't know what's going to happen. Exactly. Yeah. There's so much freedom to kind of to explore and express yourself in whatever way you want to. And I, I feel like, it, you know, for me personally, trying to, I, I also find that streaming is is kind of like that as well because mm -hmm. you're kind of free flowing. There's no cuts or edits, right? You're just kind of speaking your mind, and you just so happen to be playing a video game, right? Right. I mean, that's kind of why people watch watch live streams of of games is because they're not necessarily there to see the gameplay, but they're there to hear what the person playing the game has to say about the game, mm -hmm. or they want to, you know, in, chat with that person or chat with other people in the chat and, and connect with somebody, and so. Yeah, I, that's that's why I think long form content or just podcasting or whatever it may be is is a great way to kind of connect with people for sure. That's a great way of putting it. So you mentioned that like you're, I know there's going to be a special 100 episode, uh, 100th episode stream. Do we see more mm -hmm. like special streams kind of down the road? Are there big plans for, say, the next 100 episodes to continue those personal interactions, those intimate moments? Yeah, that's something that I've wanted to do for a long time is is kind of live streaming it or at least having some sort of video component um, just so people can kind of see our faces mm -hmm. and, and connect with us on that level. And so this live stream, we just thought it, we're reaching a milestone. This is a great opportunity for us to try move into other types of content creation and so yeah it's kind of almost like a, a pilot of moving into doing the podcast where we're also streaming it live um and you know it will go up on podcast services or youtube or whatever at a later time but it's going to be interesting because i've never done it before i i've i've played video games and streamed on twitch right. you know a handful of times here and there but to talk and even if it's, you know, I see that we have three viewers or two viewers or whatever, even if it's small, it's like, oh, someone is 
in real time listening to what I'm saying. I, <laughs> uh, if I mess up, like I can't go and and you know edit this and that. Right. So it's going to be interesting, and I'm a little little bit uh, not concerned, but I'm a little bit nervous about uh, just that getting into the the back of my mind and and affecting how I how I talk on the the show. So it'll be interesting. I think it'll be a learning experience for sure. And then after that, we'll have to see, you know, if it's something that we want to continue um, or if we, we need to reevaluate. I, I totally get that. It, it's, it's a whole new aspect to something you feel you have a pretty good grasp on. Like one of the big reasons mm-hmm. I don't do video with this podcast right now, at least is that with, you know, with everything being done remotely, with everything being done over long distance, I can edit out, awkward pauses or I can edit out delays or audio hiccups, but on video, you can't really do that and hide it as well. So it becomes a new aspect. Like you said, you have to be thinking about it, especially when you're streaming. It's one thing mm-hmm. when you and I just sit down, we know we're talking to each other, but to know that there is actively another person listening, it just, it adds a whole new pressure that you don't think would be there, especially like you yeah. having a hundred podcasts under your belt, but it just entirely changes the game. <laughs> Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So I want to take, I would say a few steps, but quite a few steps back to something you said in the beginning of this episode that I wanted to kind of touch back on, but you've been doing such a great job, just blowing through everything I wanted to talk about. (laughs) Um, You'd mentioned that when you started the games are fun podcast, it was a way for a creative outlet for you. Was this your first creative outlet or have you kind of always been doing things creatively and this is the one that clicked the most? Yeah, I've I've explored things here and there. Um, this is definitely the one that has clicked for me, and I think that's why I've stuck with it. Uh, going back to high school, I was uh, very much into stage performance. I was in musical theater. I was in um, improv theater. I uh, was in dance. I, I did lots of like stage performance, and um, so in doing that, I kind of learned that I like to perform in front of an audience. And I always thought it'd be cool to kind of do my own thing, whether it was making a YouTube video or streaming on Twitch, I, I, I kind of wanted to create my own content. But I was I think the biggest hurdle that I have is always kind of, I guess, thinking about I, I guess a one way to put it is not 100% being me in front of the camera, if that makes sense. So I get I, like when, when you put a camera on me, it's, it's like, I don't know, it's in the back of my mind. I'm, I, I'm constantly thinking about how people are perceiving me. Am I funny enough? Am I engaging in enough? Am I boring people? Um, am I rambling? Do I have too many? Like, you know what I mean? Am I making eye contact enough? Totally like I'm, I'm constantly worrying about those things. And so I thought, okay, well, let's remove the video aspect of it if that's giving me <laughs> me so much anxiety. <laughs> and so just going behind a microphone, I felt that, wow, that that, that totally changed things. And so um, I found myself being able to go on Twitch and, and stream without how it kind of took away that worry because I got really comfortable behind a mic and I was confident in how I can talk on the podcast. And so that it just kind of helped me gain that confidence. And so that's, that's kind of why I gravitate, sorry, gravitated towards doing a podcast in the first place. And I think that that's also why it really stuck with me. And I think it's it's those small steps to make. Like I I uh, I am a fellow thespian, so I, I know a lot about the stage. And it's that thing where you don't just <laughs> you know you don't come in and start as the lead. You know you start as the ensemble cast. You start as the background. You know you maybe you start as the crew, and then eventually you kind of like learn the skills that you need, and then move on to be a lead. If if you know you get the audition, and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And I think the same can be said for podcasting. Right? There is a whole language. To talking to a camera especially when there's no one behind the camera and you just have to look at the lens and i, I do i think Absolutely. you're right it starts with getting behind the mic when you're comfortable behind the mic when you know what you're going to say getting that stuff down makes the on-camera stuff that much easier because you know you can say it you know you have that confidence and then it's just you know tweaking the skills into looking at the lens talking to the camera specifically and it's just it's a whole language in and of itself yeah and it, it's you know some people it they're, they're naturals when it, when it comes to that or, or, you know, they, 
they they're they're comfortable with it very early on some people have to really work for it whatever the case may be i mean everyone kind of has their own thing and i think that's what's so cool in this day and age and how many you know platforms are out there you know you can find some sort sort of way to to have your voice be heard whether it is like you said behind or you know in front of the camera or behind a microphone or a whatever you know it's it's just it's it is it's a fascinating thing it's one thing to watch someone do it and i think to watch someone do like 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 you know kind of funny puts out so much content every single day and i think it's easy to watch them and mm-hmm. think oh man they make it look so easy it's so it's so good anyone could do it but there is as soon as you see that red light go on everything changes sometimes so luke we've talked about a lot of the the growth you've made and the plans you have and like i said the accomplishment the huge accomplishment that should not be understated of the 100 episodes uh another big thing you guys have done is lately you launched your own merch line uh can you tell us a little bit about that like the thought process that went into it and and the big decisions of making the t- uh t-shirts and merch and everything yeah well first off thank you so much for for doing the research i'm very impressed that you've done done your homework and seen everything that we've been doing and stuff so i really appreciate uh appreciate that um yeah so the merch is something that we have wanted to do for a while because we've i've had a handful of people ask me about it over the last couple years and i've also i've always thought just like well we're just kind of like a small podcast but then again like if people are asking for it maybe that's something that we can do and yeah so i this is something that doesn't take a lot of effort and it's a great way for anyone who's creating content if they if they want to start looking into having their own merch to promote their content or whatever is Teespring is a website that basically allows you to upload your designs to whether it's apparel or accessories and they handle all the production and shipping when it comes to the merch and you get uh, a portion of the profit or whatever they do take a chunk because they're doing all the legwork of course right. but it's it's really easy and really simple and so yeah I, I came across this site spent some time on creating a couple different designs here and there and yeah i've just been amazed that on the first day it launched uh we had our launch august 10th where shirts were available and people bought them and i was like again just so amazed cool. that somebody spent their their own hard-earned money on a you know a t-shirt that says games are fun podcast on it like Mm. that was an incredible feeling um and so to have people do that I, i can't thank them enough and so it's been really exciting we have uh we're we're actually working on creating some more designs that are very cool and very unique. I think I, I am one of my good friends is really good when it comes to digital design and he, and he, uh, we're working on some stuff. We, we hope to kind of have every month, some new launches of different designs, whether it's on t-shirts or hoodies. Um, and yeah, it's, it's very cool. Who is that? Is your the friend you're talking about? Is that the person who did the design for the current t-shirt? No. So everything that's on there, I actually did myself. Ooh, awesome. Um, my yeah on it so i have one shirt that's kind of like a i'm a big fan of the the pocket logo t you know on on the left side of the shirt that's kind of yeah, small left logo. yeah with it kind of blown up on the back I, I i don't know i just like that's kind of the t-shirts i gravitate towards mm-hmm. so i was like well i want to do a shirt that like i would wear i don't want like there's a shirt on there with our our logo and that's great and all but i wanted shirts that kind of kind of fit my style i guess so that's i basically i'm also a big fan of like um black marker like graffiti uh font Mm -hmm. like basically so i basically i kid you not at work i I took a blank piece of paper and i scratched out games are fun and podcast and kind of a a sharpie (laughs) marker tag graffiti type look and scanned that onto the computer and I uh, did some editing in Photoshop to make sure it was all good quality. And I threw that up on the shirt. And that's been one of the biggest sellers that we've had that's so far. So, so cool. that's cool that my artistic design, I guess, behind this is the one that's getting the most attention. So that's kind of what I hope to do is kind of put in shirts that's like, okay, this is this is a shirt with a logo. I want more than mm. that, right? I want someone to wear a t-shirt that has a, a cool design or has a piece of original artwork on it. Uh, whether it's me, um, my girlfriend, or my friend Andrew, like 
whatever whoever's created i i just think it would be a cool way to showcase someone's art and um yeah i i that's kind of and i also uh because you can kind of pick different types i didn't want to just pick the cheapest shirt that would give me the most profit i picked the most expensive shirt i could do because i'm like i want shirts that are good quality and that i would wear i don't want some gildan 100 cotton shirt with a screen print of games are fun logo Thank on you it so that's that. kind it's of greatly appreciated the... by the way like to, to know that you want to step away from yeah you. gildan I... you do you you've got your place in the world and i get that but thank you so much yeah, for not doing the I... gildan 50 50 cotton blend <laughs> gildan is is doing just fine i think they're okay not having <laughs> having my sport now i will say that <laughs> there there is a bit of risk involved with this teespring thing with them handling all of it um you know if it it could reflect poorly on me if somebody orders a shirt and then there was some sort of issue with the logo or whatever being printed on the mm-hmm. shirt. So the, the, it's you can't really have that quality control there. But again, you know we're we're a small podcast. We have a small listener base. Um, I don't think people are going to grab their pitchforks if they're like, "What the hell, Luke? This shirt I bought sucks," <laughs> or whatever. Right? Um, right. I not so to anyone who's listening who might have checked out our shirts or whatever, buy bought a shirt. Just keep that in mind. Um, yeah, this is our first kind of we're, we're we're dipping our toe in this merch world, and you know we're we're learning a lot from it. That's so cool. That's so so cool, man. Hats off, like. It's incredible to see this this little idea you had as a way to kind of have a creative outlet, starting by yourself in a spare bedroom, blow up to something where now not only do you have 100 episodes, but you're also selling merch. Uh, I think that is an achievement that should not go understated. So just congratulations on everything. Thank it you, seems man. like it's really going so well, and, and it's so, so cool. Yeah, I mean, like I said, to this day, I'm just kind of blown away by the the fact that everything's happening the way it is. You know, I just, I just didn't, if you asked me two years ago, I would have been like, what are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you deserve all the accolades coming to you. Luke, I think we have got to know you very well and seen your journey grow from that spare bedroom to, to what you have now. Uh, during this part of the podcast, I like moving on to the nitty gritty of the up and comer opportunity, get a little specifics on, on what you might like to do if given such opportunity. Uh, and the first big question I kind of ask everyone, uh, what are you really looking to get out of the up and comer experience? Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, early in the show, one of my biggest hurdles is being, being me, right. Being the hundred percent real Luke Armstrong, mm-hmm. right. The, the, the Luke Armstrong that my, my girlfriend knows, my friends know, and my family know, I want to be able to show off that Luke to the rest of the world. Cause I feel like I, like I said, I just get so, I, even though I'm more comfortable, I'm a hundred episodes deep, you know, there, there's, it's still a challenge to, to, to be, to be me, to, to show, I mean, Mm -hmm. show yourself to the entire world, right. On the internet is, is not an easy thing to do. And I think that I would love to, to see, kind of funny and the crew there and how they kind of approach that get to kind of see what they're like off camera and how that is different or maybe similar to what they're doing and just kind of how how they approach you know their their presence whether it's on camera or on a microphone or whatever and just see how they approach it because I'm sure that like no matter how if you're Greg Miller who's been doing this for a long time and just kills kills the hosting game I mean, he, he's had to work for that and he's, he's obviously learned a lot of things, uh, through that. And he, he knows how to, to, pre, you know, to present himself when it, it comes time to be behind or to, sorry, to be in front of the camera. And yeah, I just would be really interested in seeing the whole kind of funny crew and how, how they do that. And I think I could be able to learn from that mm-hmm. and, you know, be able to put that into my own content. I totally get you. I think it's often said that, you know, being on shows like that, it is a characterized version of yourself. It, it's heightened, you know, like everyone knows the the character of Greg Miller hating PC games and yada, yada, mm-hmm. yada. But when, you know, he pulls the veil back and you're like, no, okay, talks about him candidly. Uh, there is that differentiation there. Mm-hmm. And I think you're right to be there to watch, to watch what it's like from someone to walk onto the mic. And as soon as they sit down, become the Greg Miller that everyone sees. I think that would be a, a very educational mm-hmm. experience. Yeah, totally. And 
I, that's, I think, why a lot of people gravitate towards kind of funny is because they, they seem like genuine people that are honest and authentic, right? Mm-hmm. The kind of content I'm attracted to, besides kind of funny, is, is people who, who seem real to me that aren't superficial or right. are trying to present a version of themselves that isn't really them. You know, you can really... You can you can figure out those people that are able to be themselves, um, and not. I mean, they, they, they could be worrying about what people, but you know that doesn't come across. And I think for me, mm-hmm. if I'm thinking about that in the back of my mind of like, how am I am I holding myself back? Am I choosing to present myself in a certain way that 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 could you know translate to the listener and you know not necessarily affect them negatively but it will it will be noticeable right and i just right i think that if i were to be my true self and to really open up that could could be really helpful so i i think that they're they're really good at that and i, I think they've worked really hard at that and i would love to know how they approach that that whole topic i, I think it's cool to be able to recognize that and to be cognitively aware that that's going on you know, I know it's kind of goofy. They say like, oh, acceptance is the, or, or yeah, acceptance is the first step to recovery. Knowing that you're having these thoughts and knowing that like, or, or at least seeing that you don't think the kind of funny people do or, or, or have adapted to them is I think really forward thinking. It allows you to be able to grow, know, know the strengths, know the weaknesses you may have so that you can one day achieve the mm-hmm. exact hosting talents you want to, to have. So next big question is I know a lot of people have kind of talked about shows or things they'd want to bring to the table. Is there something that you would like to do or a show specifically you really want to be a part of uh, during your up and comer week? Yeah. So I don't necessarily have all the logistics of it. I don't have this uh, big blueprint of like, here's my show and here's the format and everything. <laughs> but, you know, I, I, uh, I would love to, to do some sort of podcast or show that really focuses on how video games can help you live a happier and healthier lifestyle and just how they, um, how we can have more personal connections with games. I think Mm -hmm. that, you know, things like books, movies, TV shows, they, we've all that those mediums have done a great job at highlighting, um, you know, how, you know, they, they, they present themselves in a way that, gets people thinking and you know can maybe help somebody in a a rough patch in their life and we all know that video games can do that but I think what would be cool is having some sort of show where people talk about that right Mm -hmm. um you know talking about a specific experience where they have whether it was I played this game while I was you know going through a, a time where I was quite sad and this is how it helped me not feel sad or even if it's not a game per se but talking about something like like for me an example i would give is just talking about you know dealing with uh stress and anxiety and how connecting with uh the community of kind of funny has has had positive impacts in my life and so i yeah i think the medium of video games is is really big and i think us who play video games understand that but the general public has this perception that video games are, you know, can be bad for you, that they promote violence or encourage isolation, stop people from socializing, whatever, right? right? I would love to do a, a show with that audience in mind so that they can gain that perspective of how video games can, how they're powerful and how they can really, you know, help people feel like, you know, they, that they have other people just like them, that they're not different or, um, you know, that there's other people out there that, are there to support them and stuff like that. So again, don't really know the the logistics of how that would work, <laughs> right. but I just think that sharing personal experiences um, in kind of under that umbrella, you know, can maybe help somebody who is, and maybe if what, what they're talking about on this show or what I'm, if I'm interviewing somebody and they're sharing experience, the listener might be like, I don't really, I can't really relate to having that problem, but just hearing how that person dealt with, uh, you know, a, that negativity or whatever it may be, maybe they, maybe they're just gaining a little bit of perspective of how they can approach their issue or or their rough patch that they're going through, and I think it, it would just be really really a cool show to do. I was gonna say. Uh- 
I'm enthralled by it. I know you don't have the blueprint, but do you think that might be something, regardless of the the kind of funny up and comer program, do you think that's something that we could see under the Games Are Fun brand? Absolutely. I mean, when I started this Games Are Fun podcast, that was something that was kind of in the, in the DNA of its creation, but I didn't necessarily know how to to go about it, right? And I I was worried about that, okay, people are going to come here to hear about video games. They want to know what's going on with this game. They want to hear reviews. They want to hear that. But um, but at the same time, it's like you can get that from a lot of different places. Mm-hmm. And so, I yeah, I always had this idea of just like really focusing on on video games as a medium and just how much bigger they are and and how they deserve much more credit, especially in this day and age with with how 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 many people there are creating really awesome experiences um that do focus on you know stuff that happens in life and yeah i would love to do have more like less laid back chill funny silly goofy conversations around video games and talk a little bit more serious and and you know just kind of see see talk talk about video games and how 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 powerful they can be. I think that's awesome. I, I I love the passion and the care behind the idea. It's one of those things where video games are one of my biggest passions, one of the things I care most about. And being able to overcome those stigmas that people have in video games is kind of in the mainstream. And and I think those are those are going away in part. But to be able to kind of show like, hey, mm-hmm. here's how this game helped me or like you may have your mind, the, the Fortnite players or the Call of Duty players, but here's how this really emotional story impacted me for a positive way or got me out of a time that was harder or darker in my life. To, to share that aspect of gaming, I think, is really important. And to be able to do that with, with your brand and what you're talking about, I think, would be really, really special. So I, I look forward to seeing it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, ho- I'm hoping to one day come up with, whether it be a separate podcast or turning the, I, I don't, I don't know what it will be, but I, I really at some point would like that to be kind of my, my pillar, I guess. I think that's fantastic. And, and so, so my next question, and maybe this, this is the answer to it, but like with, you know, all the time and money in the world, what is a dream project you'd like to do? And I mean, it kind of sounds like it might be at least the next step would be this show. Yeah. I, I definitely, I, I, so if, if there's no, I, the one thing that would be nice is, you know, I'm, I'm in Edmonton here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adam is in Pennsylvania and Garrett is in Texas. Right. <laughs> okay. And so we're, we're spread out across North America. Right. So if, if distance and location and money was an issue, I would love to be able to to create content with those guys like in person. Oh, for sure. Right. That would be really fun to do. Um, so that would be a a huge goal of mine, but yeah, I would love to just kind of be able to create some sort of platform or network about like my show is games are fun. Um, you know, but they're, they're more than fun. The, The games are fun show talks about the fun side of video games. And I think it would be cool to explore different sides of video games. Um, you know, I'm very fascinated with the the business perspective of mm-hmm. video games per se. So, doing a show, I don't I don't know a lot about it. <laughs> I'm not a business professional, but talking about that side of it rather than you know giving my impression of Ghost of Tsushima, right? Like having having seen a different side of the industry or a different side of video games would be cool. I would love to have, um, like like I like I said earlier, I I really want to just explore video the medium of video games and everything they have to offer and come up with some real creative ways and maybe new shows that artic- articulate that in ways that maybe you don't see on on youtube or on your podcast feeds i think that's awesome i i know for one i cannot wait to see whatever show you do next whatever the next hundred episodes of games are fun the emotional size the next hundred new shows you may come up with in the far-flung future <laughs> luke it has been fantastic talking with you i want to thank you so much for coming on the show and kind of sharing everything you're about and what you do and why you create it's been fantastic 
where can people go to find you, keep up to date with you, and check out all the stuff you're doing? Before I plug myself, I just wanted to say thank you for having me, for one, and for doing this podcast, man. This is when I saw on Twitter, I came across this show and saw what you were doing. I was just blown away by how awesome of a project this is because you are showcasing just a ton of really talented and creative people. And I think that in itself is really commendable. So awesome job with everything you're doing with this show. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, I, I've been, I will continue to listen to, I've, I've listened to a, quite a few of your shows and I, I hope to continue and hear of, of all the other amazing people that are part of this kind of funny community. Uh, for myself, you can follow me on Twitter at Luke Allen Arm. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Games Are Fun Pod. That's kind of the best way to know what we're doing with the show and everything like that. If you have Facebook, um, even though I don't, we don't really post on our Facebook, facebook.com slash Games Are Fun Podcast. And the easiest way to listen to Games Are Fun is if you go to anchor.fm slash Games Are Fun. There's a tab there that says, uh, listen on more platforms, and I think we're on 11 different platforms. So you can click that tab, and it will give you links to whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever podcast service you use, it will direct you straight to that, and you can listen to the show on there. Awesome. Fantastic. Everyone, as always, I will make sure there are links to everything Luke just said in the description. That way it's super easy for you to go follow him and see all the amazing things he's doing. Again, I want to thank Luke so much for taking the time out of his busy schedule to sit down with me and share his story. It has been wonderful. But everyone, that has been another episode of the Up and Comer podcast. If you or anyone you know is running to be an up and comer, please let me know. You can hit me up on Twitter at Josh Biddick, and I will do my best to get you on the calendar for an episode. Of course, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts or any podcast services and you want to leave the show a rating, that would be fantastic. I want to do my best to make the show as best I can for what you people want. And of course, in the review, if you know of anyone you want to be on the show, let me know, put it on Twitter or in the review section, whatever. I will do my best to get on as many people as I can and do the best job that I can. But again, that is all I have for you folks. So as always, have fun, stay safe, and I'll see you next time.